Hello, 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 and welcome to an all new episode. Uh, I am so happy to be here live from Los Angeles, California. Uh, hold on, we're going to hear some reverb. Give me a second. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, glad to be here. It is 2020. It is February, Black History Month, uh, or used to be known as Negro History Week. Uh, and I'm joined once again with the brother, Dwayne. How you doing, man, Mr. Hendricks? I'm outstanding, bro. It's been a minute since we've had a chance to chop it up uh, and talk. I know a lot has happened since then. Um, a lot of different things in the media that I, I definitely want to just run by you and get your, you know, get your thoughts on on uh, a couple of things as well. Uh, so, but um, for those who may didn't hear our first couple of conversations, uh, just let everybody know a little bit about yourself, sir. Okay. Well, um, initially you and I met based on my work with the Wayne Williams Freedom Project. Um, I've been uh, the spokesperson for the Wayne Williams Freedom Project. Um, and represent and, and also representative of, of some of the uh, families um, that uh, were victims of the Atlanta child murder since around 2013. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm a uh, published author. I've authored three books now. Um, I uh, am also a uh, mentor to a lot of uh, youth that are um, at risk and gang members and things of that nature and a teacher. Um, a lot of people consider me their spiritual big brother, I guess. Um, I've been also outside of exposing what really took place with the Atlanta child murders. I've also been teaching uh, uh, about revisionist history, uh, deceptions in religion and revisionist history since about 2010 now publicly. And I've all always been someone that I guess you would consider, you know, for uh, the layman <laughs> term, somebody who people would consider to be woke or a conscious individual. So um, at this particular juncture, you know, the work that I've done is just a culmination of all of these different things. So, well, man, I'm glad that you're here. And I, and uh, just as a little background, um, there was this, there's this podcast called Atlanta uh, Monster. Yes. And uh, this brother was featured in it. And uh, as someone who, you know, I understand how propaganda works, I understand how the media is used against us. And there was something about your, your, uh, it wasn't just what you said, but it was um, it was uh, just the way you came off that there was kind of a glitch in their matrix that didn't yeah. really fit what they were trying to put in there. Right. And so I wanted to reach out to you. And when I was able to, to chop it up with you, I realized, OK, so uh, I was so glad that I had that opportunity, man. And um, and that, that's one thing that's great about social media is that I, that was I was able to you know, get a chance Find me on social, right? Right, man. Right. So uh, I know you can't talk a whole lot about 
uh, the Wayne Williams case. Um, what can you tell us as far as uh, update that, um, we, you know, where we left at before? What, what can you share? Okay. Well, uh, the update since we last spoke on the uh, podcast is, uh, of course, Wayne's um, parole was denied. And, um, you know, we were optimistic based based on what you know I put together as far as his parole package uh, we put together 10 case facts that are irrefutable that prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that Wayne Williams uh, didn't kill Nathaniel Cater and Jimmy Ray Payne and then also we put other case facts in the parole package that completely and totally obliterate the fake case that has been made up against Wayne. Um, and, you know, not only from the standpoint of just the Freedom Project, but what the Department of Justice has had to say about his case. And um, they still denied his parole, which you know, at this particular point, this is all, uh, uh, it's been political. You know, his, his case from day one was political. The reopenings of the case are, cases are purely political. And the process that is taking place in the media since the cases have been reopened is all political. So uh, we were optimistic, but at the same time, uh, it wasn't a surprise when they denied his parole. What has uh, also taken place in conjunction with them denying his parole is they have basically violated his human rights um, to the point to where they're now denying him phone access so he can't call me, which he would call me uh, multiple times daily, Mm. you know, leading up to all of this. So... For the people who are listening who aren't been speaking with this man pretty much on a day-to-day basis since 2013. And we have been preparing and posturing, you know, to be able to bring these things to the forefront for a very long time. Um, So with what transpired with them denying his parole, um, it was something that we were already prepared for anyway. So uh, with them doing it, what we didn't expect for them to do was to come and throw him in the hole and all of these other things that they have done. And um, he has been able to communicate to me through a system called JPay, which is a means in which a person can email inmates in the Georgia prison system. And he basically has told me that the representatives that he has dealt with, the warden, the assistant warden, and I don't know who else at his prison, basically are following my every move on social media. Oh, wow. So this is how petrified they are. Because what people have to understand Um, A case of this magnitude, it sets a a legal precedence. Um, When you you hear hear lawyers 
in the courtroom and they make arguments, right? This is very important. When you hear attorney in the courtroom and they make an argument for their client, they'll say, your honor, in the case of such and such versus the state of Illinois or whatever the case may be versus the state of Georgia in the case of this person versus this person, right? What that means is that that particular case that they are citing set a legal precedence, which means that now in moving forward, any case that resembles that case, they can now go back and cite that case as a legal precedence to be able to exonerate their client, you know, or prosecute someone. So with, with, Wayne's case with me explaining that it's been such a political case and with me explaining that this was really a trial by public perception. Um, Wayne was a real suspect by the Atlanta Police Department by any local law enforcement. Wayne's name was leaked to the New York Times. Right. So when it's all said and done, um, that's how the whole term Atlanta monster came to be. His name was leaked to the Atlanta Times and that's how everyone found out that Wayne was on the bridge that night. And now what has been represented and uh, the public perception about what took place on that bridge that night and what was said, it's all lies fabricated. Wayne uh, never gave any law enforcement a statement. Right, he's a smart guy. <laughs> the first statement, the first thing that Wayne gave to law enforcement was... 2005, I think it was, when DeKalb County came to, at that time, Hancock State Prison to ask him about a suspect in some of the murders, a person who we know did some of these murders. Um, when Chief uh, Lewis Graham, who was the chief of DeKalb County Police at the time, reopened the cases that took place in DeKalb County. Uh, some people came and gave statements about a person who they knew uh, committed some of the murders. Three people came and told them about this one person. So they had to act on it. And that's when they went to Hancock State Prison and they asked Wayne, did he know anything about this person? That was the first time Wayne ever gave any statement to law enforcement. You know, so everything that has been said that Wayne said this and Wayne said that there are there these are all so-called recollections from the one FBI agent because it was only one FBI agent on the bridge. Right, like, right. Uh, when you when you watch a show like Mindhunter and they make it seem as if it was thirty uh, federal agents staking out that one bridge, that's all lies and fabricated. Um, there was only one FBI agent on the bridge that night, 
and he was actually about uh, almost a quarter of a mile up on an embankment away from the bridge. He wasn't even right there on the bridge. And um, his name was Special Agent Gilliland, and consequently, he mysteriously died in a helicopter crash um, some years after Wayne was put in prison. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't it isn't it a a, a cosmic coincidence that we we're gonna be talking about Kobe Bryant and this so-called helicopter that supposedly crashed? Right, right. That is and that this man died mysteriously in a helicopter crash on the same night. But um Special Agent Gilliland was the only FBI agent that was out there that night, and everybody else that was out there weren't even police officers with the exception of one person. So there was one um, there was one police officer and that night he admitted that he didn't see anything because he was doing his taxes in the car. <laughs> there was Special Agent Gilliland and then there were uh, recruits, Cosby and Jacobs. These, these men were supposedly police recruits. Right. Now, Anybody who knows anything about law enforcement, uh, police work, investigative work, should know that people who get who go through go into law enforcement, they go through the police academy. Right. <laughs> you know, so what is a police recruit? Right. And why would they why would they be on a stakeout in the most important case that ever took place in the history of the city of Atlanta? Right. It's never made sense to me. Right. Because they they it was all staged. You know. Um Uh-oh. Uh, you're breaking yeah, up a little people. bit. Uh-oh. All right. So as we wait for Dwayne to come back in, I want to uh, recognize everybody in the chat room. Uh, wait, I think we might have him back on the show. Okay. I see him back in the chat room. Uh, I see Lauren, LB, Momstar, uh, Williams, D, and Yvonne. All right. Welcome back. Okay. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, you just lost signal. I didn't. I didn't move anything. Yeah. Yeah. But um Sydney Dorsey, uh this whole time Sydney Dorsey has been fighting to to prove that Wayne is innocent. Um and you know, of course Sydney Dorsey ended up being put in prison in a mysterious murder of the person who uh became sheriff. Right. He lost the election, right? Sidney right. Dorsey said that he received a mysterious call from a woman named Cheryl Johnson. Mm -hmm. Cheryl Johnson. Cheryl Johnson is also the woman who called Wayne's home. Right. You understand? So that was all code that Sidney Dorsey was talking in to let people know that he got set up and framed for that murder because 
with him losing the, the election as sheriff, he had no political ties anymore that would have kept him from being able to come out and expose the whole truth about what really took place in, in Wayne's freedom. Right. You know, so they put him in prison and, you know, some other things have, have happened that I don't really want to speak about now to him since to make sure that he stays quiet, you know? Um, so it, it, this is how much of a cover up it is. And, and, um, to, to, I guess, nail home my initial point for people to understand is that with something like this, with it being able to change the whole legal landscape in America, we also have to look at the fact that when someone go when when an establishment goes to the lengths that they have to frame a man and then also keep a man in prison after the fact there's a lot of ramifications that come with that so in this particular case you have crime lab investigators that could go to prison you know, that could lose their pension and everything else that they worked however many years for. You have uh, potentially um, only one of the, the prosecuting attorneys are still alive. It's a man named, uh, uh, I think his name is James Drolet, who consequently, uh, when he did the piece on information discovery, when he interviewed for the same piece that I did, that uh, information discovery did that Will Packer produced, he cried during his interview. Hmm. You know, he cried during his interview because, uh, you know, the whole case against Wayne was a fake made up fabricated case in which they used dog hairs and carpet hairs, you know? So he potentially could go to prison the district attorney who's now the, the the current district attorney in Fulton County, Paul Howard, can lose his job and potentially be brought up on criminal charges for his role in covering all this up. You know, and then outside of that, you look at um, Maynard Jackson, the uh, mayor of the city of Atlanta at that time, his part in the cover-up and um, conspiracy against Wayne Williams can be exposed. And uh, the Atlanta airport is partially named after this man. Right. You understand? So this is this is how much his mayoral campaigns, because he was mayor more than one time, um, would mean to the city of Atlanta historically. So uh, we're talking about not only multiple lawsuits, we're talking about a lot of people going to prison. We're talking about legacies being rewritten. You know, if everything comes out in this particular case. So it's a it's a real big deal for people to understand this. And in this case, we're talking about something that took place from 79 to about 83. Because the killings didn't stop until 
almost two years after Wayne was in prison. Right, right. You and know, that's what people make you feel like you did. Yeah. Yeah, this is what people need to understand. The killings didn't stop when Wayne went to prison. You know, the killings kept going on for quite some time after that. And um, I can't say a whole lot about what will happen moving forward, but that's one of the things that we're going to make sure is a narrative that gets placed in the media in the right way. Uh, you know, you, you know, um, you know what I find interesting is for years, I would bring up the Atlanta child murder case. Um, obviously in Atlanta, they know it very well, but outside yeah. a lot of people didn't know what the hell I was talking about uh, right. for years. I would, cause you know, I've always known about that case. And right. then all of a sudden, Last year, there's uh, Mine Hunters, there's the Atlanta Monster, there's um, the piece that um, uh, Will Packer's done, and then you said, Jay- right. I think Jay Z's doing a piece. Right. All of a sudden, and it just seems to be coinciding with his uh, parole, uh, much like kind of like OJ. Remember how all of a sudden all this new stuff about OJ just comes right. out of nowhere? Um, do you believe that, uh, I mean, let me ask a, a silly question. Do you believe that that was a coordinated, uh, attack on his parole by all of a sudden these, all these programs just coming out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. It's not, a, it wasn't an attack on his parole. It's an attack on the work that I've been doing. Mm. Like, um, you know, I'm not. And understand with me saying what I'm saying, I'm I'm a very humble individual, right? Mm-hmm. But but I'm I'm the kid that at six years old had the kind of will and heart and power within me, uh, a knowing within me to say that man didn't do that. I'm gonna help him get out of jail when I grow up. That's what I told my grandmama when I saw this on the on the news. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I was sitting in the projects in 18 Hawkins home projects in Brunswick, Georgia, when I saw it on the news and I said, they lying on that man. He didn't do that. When I grow up, I'm going to help him get out of jail. I didn't know the difference between jail and prison and none of that. Right. No. So I, I put that fingerprint in the cosmos when I was six years old, you know, and from a spiritual standpoint, um, I've always been the type of person that operates with the knowing within myself that God is not something that's separate from me, that God is moving through me, in me, and uh, I am one with God, so I have the power of God. And that's how I view anything that I strive to accomplish in life. It may take me a little bit longer to do something like get Wayne Williams out of prison, but once I set my mind to something and I set my heart on it, it's nothing in the universe that could stop me from doing it, right. you know? So uh, with all of the different stumbling blocks that I faced in this, um, I still stand firm on the fact that, you know, I renewed this to a whole nother generation, people who had absolutely no clue and no idea about this. And, um, you know, 
I was supposed to do a documentary on this in 2013 and I didn't get the cooperation that I needed to from people that's supposed to be really helping Wayne. Right. Because this is how, uh, pardon my French, this is how chicken shit a lot of people are about this. You know, people get in positions to where they have a, a job or they have some sort of career in which they make in what they consider to be decent money and they'll just roll over and allow whatever the evils to take place. And they can know that, you know, this isn't the truth and this isn't righteous. And they'll just go about their lives, you know, knowing that an innocent man is sitting in prison for something he didn't do. And I'm not the type of person that could just let something like that ride. Right. You know, so um and the fact that i was supposed to be filming a documentary i just started getting footage and to be honest with you i probably got about five or six hours worth of interviews from different people who knew about murders who have told me concrete things that are irrefutable based on um, what I researched in the FBI files, what I've spoken to Wayne's attorney about, what I've spoken to Wayne about, and then what these people have told me. Um, it's just irrefutable. So uh, some of these things I have been able to share online. And you talk about uh, when you see uh clips on social media that start to get into hundreds of thousands of views you know other people begin to take notice mm-hmm. so to give you to give you an example um it's a a chicken shit producer um name i'll just give you his first name now his name is josh he works for the production company called show of force that is actually uh they're responsible for the production in the uh hbo docuseries that's about to come out that jay-z has put his name attached to (laughs) the first time i talked to him on the phone he told me straight up i've been watching your work for years oh shit okay you know so um With that being said, like I tell the people who are close to me who are real emotional about me and and they get upset when people try to attack me, you know, don't worry about that. Because just like people like this, this HBO producer have been watching me for years, there's government agencies and everything else that have been watching me and um, they'll come on posts and they'll say, things that they know are incorrect just to see how I will respond or to see what the public perception of whatever is being said is. So um, the real deal is that what separates oh, sorry my phone wrong what, mm-hmm. separates, what separates me from a lot of people is that uh I'm I'm your homie. I'm your partner. I'm bruh. You know. So when I'm talking to people and I'm giving it up and I'm I'm giving people I could I could go into the most esoteric 
deep occult knowledge and I could bring it down to a level to where this brother right here that's a GD or this brother right here that's a crip or blood could comprehend what I'm saying and it resonates and it makes sense to him. You understand what I'm saying? And, and I don't try to talk in the clouds when I deal with people. So what, what happens is um, the effectiveness of what I'm able to do and the people who they know are the sleeping giant, how it awakens them. And that's what they afraid of. You know, and, and we have to we have to understand when you look at the tenants of the Cointel Pro program, basically, you know, if we get outside of the whole religious aspect of it and we look at what was said, the, the, the first sentence is to stop the rise of a black messiah, right? Right. Don't look at the word messiah like somebody who going to um, turn water to wine and multiply uh, two fish to feed the multitude and walk on water because all of that stuff is allegorical. The word Messiah comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach. And all that word means is an anointed one. Right. Someone who has an anointing or a divine purpose on their life. So uh, just like you and I, we ain't even had a conversation about it, but I know you saw the the interview. The, I mean, the live video I did about Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. And Kobe was anointed on the basketball court. Right. You understand? And the ability for him to be able to hone in and focus the way he did, that's all spiritual. Right. You understand? So, you know, that's why you can see somebody like Randy Moss get up at, on the 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 biggest platform for uh football right before the Super Bowl and cry real tears and say enough of the sports politics, but Kobe Bean Bryant is the best that ever bounced that basketball. Right. Because Kobe Bean Bryant was truthfully anointed, you know, and we very seldom get to see people that are special in that way that uh, can separate themselves from the distractions of the world and can actually tune in to be able to connect with something on a higher level, a higher plane. And that's, that's, that's all the word means and the reason that's so important for people to understand is that especially amongst us melanated people and i don't just mean what we call black people you know puerto ricans dominicans haitians you know um hispanics and anybody who you say are black and brown people um it's so much that's being done to perpetuate divisiveness against us because truthfully if we didn't have these things and we learn how to work together there's nothing that uh any there's there's not anything that we couldn't accomplish on the planet you That's know true. 
So, so, um, if we, uh, just look at what that's all about, that's why they're willing to give millions of dollars to somebody like Payne Lindsay to do an Atlanta monster podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, they're willing to get Will Packer who, Will Packer has never done anything in his career that closely resembles anything like the Atlanta child murder. I know, right? <laughs> you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, he do like that feminine type stuff. You know what I'm right, saying? Yeah. Like, no knock on it, no knock on it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't never been no documentary filmmaker. He, you know, he does fluff. Right. <laughs> You know, and, and, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So now, I, all of a sudden, he doing a, a piece on the Atlanta child murder. You know, and he's the person is going to speak uh, at the Breakfast Club about the Atlanta child murder. Right. You know, because like, just like you found me, and you heard my voice of truth throughout all the bullshit that they put on that podcast. You know, if a million people see an interview with somebody like myself that can educatedly talk about what happened with the Atlanta child murders and go through the different cases and show how Wayne Williams is innocent, he'll be out of prison in a month. Right. Because the outrage, you know, and the cry for uh, justice in these cases would be just too much because one thing we don't play about in um, the black community is our children. You know, so that's why it was so easy for people to become the lynch mob against Wayne Williams at first, because, you know, it was like, okay, even if the case was shaky, let's at least let's let's at least go ahead and prosecute him. Right. 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 It might be him. Right. You know, it's interesting, too, about the Atlanta monster thing. There was tons of people that were on there. You were the only person I actually wanted to speak to that was in there. So, right. Um, so uh, that tells you a lot, right there. Right. Um, but but see, that speaks that speaks to what I'm saying in the spiritual. Right. You understand? That's see, like when it's all said and done, if you got a soul, your soul can't deny the truth. Right. If you hear the truth. Your soul is going to, you can't, even if it upsets you or it makes you uncomfortable, your soul can't deny the truth when it hears the truth. Right. That's right. You know, so all that is is a soul recognition. So it's like, bro, I've been connected to so many people for years that it's like, I done told them so many things and taught them so many things and wrote about so many things in my book that resonated with them on so many levels that they ain't even got to know nothing about the cases. It's like if the Wayne Hendricks saying that Wayne Williams didn't do this shit, I know Wayne Williams didn't do this shit. Right. You know, so, and they ready to fight about it. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, that's what I meant earlier when I was saying what I was saying. That's the, that's the spiritual aspect of this because I'm not talking 
about these things from a standpoint of somebody who hasn't done the research, who hasn't looked through the files in these cases and seen all of the names that they have redacted and hidden so the public can't go see what was really taking place and what was really happening. Right. You know what? You know what's interesting to me is like people, it's almost like kind of like church in a way. Like people don't read the Bible. They need someone to read it and then interpret it for them. Right. You know, like, so it's like with this is like, they can't just look into the case and have an open mind. They have to have someone tell you, this is what it is. This is what happened on the bridge, even though it don't make no sense at all. When you just, when you just look at it from a practical standpoint, but they're telling you this is what happened so they go, oh, well, then that must be what happened. Right. And um, that that's what's just so interesting to me, how some people are like that. Um, as we I want to transition, though, to um, the Kobe Bryant uh, okay. case or situation. Okay. Um, right. So. When I first heard about what happened, mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, sad and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I heard that he died in the helicopter crash. And I was like, a helicopter crash, right? And um, so at first I was like saying, before I knew any details, something in my spirit told me it sounded like some BS. But I was like, well, maybe it was an accident. We'll see. You know, I was trying to keep an open mind. And then the more I I keep hearing more and more about it, you know, I, I remember when I finally was like, you know, and then you find out about the the pharmacy case, and then you know the whole LeBron p- part of it, and all of that kind of stuff. And um, first of all, rich men's helicopters never go down. Right. One reason is they need to sell helicopters, and you right. don't. You it's going to be hard to sell helicopters if they go down all the time. You know. <laughs> So, right. so that's the first thing is, and this helicopter, people need to understand, like, this helicopter is, like, the gold standard right. of helicopters. Like, if right. you want twin engines, so that means both engines got to go out for there to right. be a real problem. Right. Um, not to say that there can't be, you know, accidents happen, whatever, la da 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 Right. But you have to really look at a lot of the factors. And right. I find it interesting when I first heard like one of the first things I heard was there was a fire on board of the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, there was a fire underneath the helicopter. Then mm-hmm. it was, I mean, like it just kept changing. It was four people on it, was five people on Rick Fox was on. Then it right. was like nine. It, then now it seems like they're coalescing all, all the stories. Like now it's like, Oh, fog, 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 fog. And then, you know, fog, fog, foggity, fog, fog, fog. Right. So, all right, to say that, um, um, I have my beliefs on what may or may not have happened. Uh, when you first heard about what happened with Kobe, what, what was your first thoughts? What's interesting is um, there's been very few people that I, like would would consider like someone that I would idolize or look up to in my life. And one one of the other ones 
outside of uh, Kobe Bryant was Michael Jackson. And um, both times I was resting, right, during the day because I worked night shift a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And um, when Michael Jackson died, uh, the mother of my daughters came home and she was tripping because she heard it on the radio on the way home and she was like they just said on the radio Michael Jackson died and mm. I jumped up out of my sleep and I was like what and I was like you bullshit no no turned on the TV and they was talking about Michael Jackson being dead and and to be honest with you like there's information out there about Michael Jackson that he could have faked his death you know right. don't believe me start looking for yourself people but um the same thing happened with Kobe. Uh, my brother came and woke me up, and um, he said, "Bruh, Kobe Bryant just died in a helicopter crash." And man, me and my brother, we we athletes in my family. So my brother uh, was a scholarship athlete in football, and um, I played I played almost every sport growing up, but I ended up playing um, traveling basketball in the military, and I played um, on some pro teams, not NBA-level pro teams, but pro teams, um, one in Germany, um, and then a lot of uh, pro teams back in the States, in the state of Georgia. And, um, you know, I used to be a basketball head, bro, like seriously. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's certain players that, you know, I just fully admire them because I know what it takes to be that great in this particular sport. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm, I'm Kobe over Michael Jordan, you know, to, to, to me, like my, my, to me, the, the GOAT right now, I don't care what nobody say to me is Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant better than everybody I've ever seen play basketball, but. Other than that, it's Kobe Bryant and um, Anthony Hardaway. They're my top three p- players of all time. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, when when he when he came and woke me up, I was just like, "Wow, this is crazy!" Because I had just seen the previous night. I watched the game in which LeBron passed Kobe and everything else. Right. So as soon as he called me i mean as soon as he came in the room and woke me up i sat up i went online on my phone to start looking at stuff and one of my closest guys that gets into the occult information and stuff like that and like esoteric knowledge like i do this kid named jeremy jeremy miller he hit me up in my inbox and he said bro they just legit sacrificed kobe for lebron <laughs> you know, and that was already my thinking anyway. Like, like somebody who loved a game of basketball the way I love a game of basketball, I despise LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I've been LA all day since Michael Cooper with the long socks. And when LeBron went to LA, I ain't rooted for them since. Mm-hmm. That's like to me, LeBron James is an embodiment 
of everything that's wrong with the world. Oh, wow. You know, because I just know he a sucker, you know, and I know that everything about him is propagandized. You know, um, for instance, you from L.A., right? Yep. LeBron James moved to L.A. and somebody spray paint nigga on his house. You really believe that shit? <laughs> uh, in Brentwood, I it was yeah, no. How many? Let's let's keep it all the way solid, bro. How many niggas in L.A. been making millions and millions of dollars? Uh oh, you breaking up. Yeah, your connection, man. Uh-oh. Here, let's see. Have a, just come right back in and you hopefully that'll that'll fix your connection. All right, we're getting to some good stuff. I think LeBron was uh messing with his connection. Uh oh! Wow, it's still showing it too. That uh, dang! Do you guys still kind of hear it? Uh, oh, there we go. All right, we back now. No, uh -oh. all right. Uh, as we wait for Dwayne. Okay, I think we have Brother Dwayne back. I think that was, um, I think LeBron was messing with his uh, connection. Yeah, we're having some technical difficulties. Um, I just want to say, to let you guys know, Monday right here on IndieRadio.org. We're going to have uh, another episode of Men and, Men and Women Talk to Mars Venus show at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, also, uh, which is uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And then at 7 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, I'm sorry, 10 Eastern, uh, we will be having our part two of our conversation about uh, does Christianity interfere with black empowerment? Uh, we'll have the all ladies panel for that one. And oh, yeah, on Sunday, we're also doing uh, part two of our our uh, conversation about the Gail King slash Snoop Dogg slash Susan Rice slash Kobe Bryant uh, deal as well. So. Um, so right now, Dwayne's having some connection issues. So. uh yeah, I saw Snoop apologize today. That was interesting. Uh, you know, slash everybody. Yeah, slash Lauren. How you doing, Lauren, by the way? That's right, Miss uh, Black Nerd Swag. Holding it down for the nerd crowd. That's right. All right, welcome back, man. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, now, yeah, we're talking about Brentwood now. Because yeah. remember, they didn't even do that to OJ. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
everything, everything, people, see, bro, like, I see past the bullshit. Right. So, like, even with the school, right? Mm-hmm. Let's start painting a narrative because this nigga ain't gonna never be Jordan on the court. He ain't gonna never be Kobe on the court. So, mm-hmm. we gonna, what was the, what's the knock on Jordan? He didn't give a damn about his people. Right. So let's go ahead now and start painting the narrative like LeBron really give a damn about his people. Even though LeBron is the sucker that got up there after he lost in the NBA Finals to Dallas and said, people can hate on me all they want to. At the end of the day, I'm LeBron James, and you still got to go be who you is the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Like, see, like, like what what our people don't do is we don't say who, what, when, where, why, how. We don't question shit. Right. So because we don't question things, we just accept whatever get told us or whatever get presented to us if it seems as if it's coming from something that is validated. Mm -hmm. So what I mean is that, like, it got to be on the news for it to be legit. Mm Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So, um, with, uh, with the whole deal, um, with LeBron James, like, to me, he just embody everything that's wrong with the world. He embody everything that's wrong with our race. You know, LeBron got, he got the boule tattooed across his chest when he came in the NBA. Mm. You understand? Mm-hmm. LeBron, he he's a basketball player, but he's let it be known publicly that he wanted to be the first basketball billionaire. That's what he said he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like, we love Kobe because Kobe let it be known, I want to be the best ever. Right, right. LeBron right. James, ain't he, he ain't never been interested in that. That's why he got to have a damn Olympic team to go try to win. <laughs> uh, you know? My, Maya asks, uh, do you guys believe in the Illuminati? And do you think the Illuminati has something to do with Kobe's death? Yeah. So, uh, I don't believe in nothing, right? <laughs> I, I either know or I don't know. If it's something that I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know, right? When you look at the word believe, it got lie in the middle of it for a reason. You spell leaf, L-E-A-F, and you spell leave, L-E-A-V-E, but you spell believe or belief with a lie in the middle. <laughs> I never even thought about it like that. Right. So um, to believe something or to have belief in something, believe, be in the state of lying to Eve's children, be like Eve, you know? So when it's all said and done, I either know something or I don't. And when we talk about what what uh, the Illuminati is, I'm the Illuminati. The illuminated one with the knowledge. Right, right. What, what Illuminati means is a light bearer, a bearer of light. But there are 
different forms of life. Mm-hmm. So for those people who follow what the Bible teaches, it tells you in the book of John that the true light is the light that light of every man that come into the world. So there's a true light or a what's called the green light. That's what the whole concept of the green lantern is. You know, uh, that's the light of divine love. And then you have the amber light. And this is the disagreeable light. These are the, the people who use the knowledge that they have to suppress and oppress other people. You understand? So the concept in which people say Illuminati, there's some validity to it. The problem is, is that the Illuminati now has became the exchange word for the devil. Right. right. So, you know, it used to be the devil. Right? The devil, the devil is the line, the devil this and the devil that. And now we done moved into the information age and people are being brought to knowledge of certain things. So now they have another propagated means to be able to keep their confusion going. And they just say the Illuminati. Right. Just- you know, what's funny is one of the first shows I used to produce shows a lot mm-hmm. uh, for other people. And one of the first shows that I produced was a show called the Illuminati show. Right. And, um, and the the brother that hosted it, he went by the name of the Voice. Mm-hmm. Great brother, real and real smart, was up on a lot of this stuff. He was a real legit cat, right? And um, so he would always do research before his episodes. And I remember he did one on um, he was going to do one about the Masons and all of that kind of stuff. Right. And he was on a message board, like a, a he had access to like a message board that wasn't public. Okay. Uh, a lot of Masonic people uh, would be on, and one of, I remember one of the the things that had on there was it said that uh, if another person, another wannabe rapper, comes up in our lodge uh, talking about they're willing to, to sell their soul, <laughs> you know, to get in the industry, uh, I'm gonna go right. nuts. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, do I, uh, Dr. Tachi and Dr. Vibe is in the house. What's up? Now, what I would say as as far as Illuminati, it it becomes like this catchphrase or catch-all for any kind of conspiracy theory. Remember the whole um, Jay-Z, what was the thing about Jay-Z? It was the Jay-Z deception that um, that guy, uh, the forerunner did. Who I, yeah. I actually was supposed to have him on my show, but uh, he kept reneging. Yeah, he um, for sale. Right. He yeah. No, I want. I, I, I was going to ask him some tough questions yeah. because a lot of the information he had in there, some a lot of it was correct, but a lot yeah. of it w- was misdirection and not right. not accurate at all. Right. And you know, is what what they say. It, it's it sounds smart to a dummy. Right. <laughs> you know. And look. That's mm-hmm. that's I'm glad you said that because that's another important thing I want people to understand about everything that I stand for. I'm mm-hmm. gonna tell you the truth without no agenda. Right. So, like, if people ask me questions about relationships and why I'm still single, 
You know what I'm saying? I tell them straight up, I've been a man whore most of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't going to put no cut on it. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you what it is. And I'm not going to tell you what it is to try to sway you in some sort of way. And that's mm -hmm. what people have to realize about a lot of people who, quote unquote, supposed to be voices of truth. Right. You know, they're telling you, they're giving you bits and pieces of information and they're telling you certain things, but they're also in the process keeping you dumbed down and making you a slave to whatever propagation that they're trying to go with, whatever narrative that they're trying to push. And that ain't what it is with me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you what books and what research I did to figure out what I figured out and how I came to the conclusions that I came to, you know, so that's very important for people to understand. But mm -hmm. before I go too far off on another tangent, um, to answer the sister's question, the Illuminati in which people are speaking of or they think of, um, the reason why so many people equate Freemasons to it is that Joseph Weishaupt, the founder of the Bavarian Illuminati, which is a big part of what so-called voices of truth always seem to reference when they begin to speak about these different things. He said, what better place to hide our purpose than to uh, deal in the first three degrees of Freemasonry? Because um, see what people have to understand is that all of these different things like Greek fraternities and sororities, um, you know, different uh, clubs that people get involved in that, that are about civic duty, like the JCs, the exchange, the rotary club and things of that nature. Uh, these things become um, recruiting grounds. Mm. You know? And um, just like black colleges are nothing more than they have always been recruiting, re recruiting grounds for the black elite. Or I'm sorry, for the Jewish elite to be able to select its black elite. So if you go and you do the research, uh, Jews funded the NCAA, um, NAACP, NAACP, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, NCAA, <laughs> I had no rest. The NAACP, um, Jews have funded a lot of the black colleges. Jews have helped fund a lot of different um, so-called black organizations. Jews selected Martin Luther King Jr. There's a there's a great book. Um, there's a great book about it that uh, Minister Farrakhan did uh, called the. The secret relationship. Secret relationship. Yep. Right. And it's two. It's actually two mm -hmm. books. Um, and then they've actually written a third book. And and you know, like uh the nation of Islam gets a big thumb down from me because they're another propaganda organization. The nation of Islam killed my partner, Khalid Muhammad. That was my partner. You know, and, and they connected with Scientology. I mean, a lot of people don't know that too. They, they, and they let, let's keep it solid. They killed Malcolm X. I don't care how many documentaries that, that they try to fund and put out there 
with some Jewish money to try to make it seem like Farrakhan and Elijah Muhammad and them folk in the nation of Islam didn't do it. They killed Malcolm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, Dick Gregory agent slime ball ass got up there and tried to lie for Farrakhan and cover it up. Dick Gregory is the same person to help cover up the Atlanta child murders. You know, when it was information that was out there that one of the parents had that would have exposed a huge part of the government's role in the Atlanta child murders, Dick Gregory helped cover this shit up. The, you, you know, know there's, a, there's a lot of people who I've grown to respect and admire that have I'm gonna use the uh you you hear this on the uh the the uh, liberals love to say this problematic yeah. <laughs> yeah. backgrounds uh I love that yeah. term problematic right. <laughs> but see that's but see that's what I'm saying that's why what that's why I made the statement that I made earlier see people will tell you the truth but they're telling you the truth for an agenda. You understand? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't care how bad it make me look. Right. If I got to tell you some truth about my own mama or whoever, like, I'm going to tell you the truth. You dig what I'm saying? Right. And that's what people don't get. And that's why we have been stagnated with all of the so-called master teachers and all of the leaders that we done had and all of the things that have taken place with all of the greatness that we are, why are we still where we are economically, socially, and culturally? Um, and we're going to get back to Kobe, uh, everybody. Uh, I know yeah, a lot of people, <laughs> but I want to say one thing, and we got to do a show on this. There is a great, um, there is a, a great uh, um, thing. Uh, it was an interview that was done with this guy named Darthar Perry. And he was talking about this thing called the black, the back black desk, I think it was called. And um, we weren't even talking about COINTELPRO. This was something beyond COINTELPRO. Right. And um, like uh, we have to do a whole sh- show on those kind of things. Right. And, um, and I'll even play the interview during during this um which was and this was what the 70s i believe so if they was doing this stuff in the 70s what do you think they're doing now and um you have to really understand what is uh what what's what you're up against and what's going on and i know a lot of it's for some people it's like what that's crazy you know that's crazy talk or whatever it's like um, they said, you know what, when, back in the 60s, they would say that um, that um, like brothers in the civil rights movement and in different things, they, they would say that there were there were agents, provocateurs mixed in and people said they were crazy. Right. And then later we found out for sure, you know, 100 percent right. sure that um, that that was 100 percent true. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Let, let's not even let we can get back to Kobe. But let me just say this. Well, we got to get back to the, I got to answer the Illuminati question a little bit more for her. But uh-huh. before we go into that, this is very important. Marcus Mosea Garvey. Mm-hmm. The first 
true anointed one that developed a methodology and a movement that was going to work for our people. Right? Mm -hmm. He established the UNIA. He established all of the things that he did as far as you know, going back to Africa and everything else that he had going on at the time um, and had a whole huge following, millions of people that had adopted his philosophy, right? Right. Where was where was Marcus Mosiah Garvey from? Jamaica. Right. So along comes this guy right that out of nowhere is the return of the lion of judah see in his name be the emperor ali selassie I, you know and all of a sudden in jamaica comes along jah rastafarianism mm -hmm. right right Haile selassie is supposed to be the return of the Lion of Judah and the Savior and all this shit that they say, who in the fuck did he save? Mm -hmm. Is people is people in Ethiopia still in poverty? Are they still oppressed? So what did he do? He came and performed a role that helped become divisive to what Marcus Garvey established, fam. Mm -hmm. And for everybody who get mad, man, I got these hands. I don't be caring, bro. Like, I'm going to tell the truth. And if you see me somewhere, say something about it and see what happened to your ass. So, like, I'm going to tell the truth, man. And, like, people get mad because they be looking at these people. Like, people really look at Elijah Muhammad like he was some somebody special man this nigga was a drunk that was sleeping with young women you know what i'm saying and was telling a whole bunch of lies if if master far muhammad a white man who they say the white man is the devil in they teaching if master far muhammad a white man was allah in the personage allah couldn't come he had to come in the form of a half devil yeah, right. Going by what they were saying, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then, okay, what? Excuse my French, y'all, but I get, I'm passionate about this shit. If Allah came in the flesh and he couldn't do shit to help niggas when he was here in the flesh, what the fuck Farrakhan gonna do now? When huh. Farrakhan is a follower of a follower of a follower of Fraud Muhammad. You see what I'm saying? And, like, you tell this to a bow tie nigga in the Nation of Islam, they be ready to gun you down right then and there. Of course. Right. You know? So, I, I gotta say this, you know, because, like, when it's all, and, and this the thing, right? They don't do nothing to nobody white. Mm -hmm. the, the white man, the devil, and all the stuff that they say, when when the justice of else happened in the million man march slash prep rally took place and Farrakhan got up on the podium and he said, if something happened, if you touch another one of our babies in our community, I'm going to send 10,000 soldiers to that town. Man, two days later, that white boy was jacking up the little uh, sister 
in the um classroom that was all over the internet and the, the nation of Islam wasn't nowhere. Hmm. After they had pushed this whole line, they was pushing the line on that justice else for almost a year and a half before the prep rally actually took place. And then a week after the, less than a week after the prep rally, another little baby get jacked up by a white boy in South Carolina and y'all ain't do nothing. Mm. You know, but uh, one, one of the little young cats in the YouTube community started doing a series of interviews about how Farrakhan fraud and how they killed Malcolm and everything else and the whole nation of Islam they doing all of these uh, uh, meetings and, and gatherings and telling him he, he better watch his mouth and everything else. Right. So you ready to kill one of your own that don't agree with your bullshit, but you ain't going to do nothing to the white boy who, who jacking up this little baby. Right. You know, but our people don't see that because our people don't understand propaganda and they don't actually look past the surface to be able to realize what's really transpiring in front of their eyes. You know? So mm -hmm. I, I had to say that I had to get that on point, bro, because, you know, it's like when we talk about these things and we don't actually fully explain it, it'll look like I'm a hater or I'm I'm the one that's divisive or I'm right. being disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? But, like, for me... I'd rather die telling my people the truth than to sell them some bullshit. Sell them a dream. Yeah, I ain't with it, bro. I, I ain't you. with it. I feel you. Um, yeah. all right, so going back to Kobe. Um, yeah. Uh well, let, let me let me say just just this one more thing about what mm -hmm. people call the Illuminati, right? Mm -hmm. When it's all said and done for the sister to ask the question about the Illuminati. Like we said that, you know, it means light bearer and everything else. But most of what we have to understand about what's quote unquote being deemed as the Illuminati all goes back to some sort of Jewish Zionist propaganda machine. Mm -hmm. And when it's all said and done, the, perpet the perpetuators of all the real evil are these fake so-called descendants of Jacob the so-called Jews, the so-called Israelites that operate off of what's called the protocols of Zion. You know, very important. That's why all of my symbolism in my books is connected to that film, The Matrix, because in The Matrix, you know, where was the celebration supposed to be when the war was won? Zion. Zion, yeah. You know, so um, that shows the whole propaganda behind the propaganda and even a film like that that's telling us the truth in the ways that the Matrix told us the truth is still propped up in a way to where it's telling us truths, but it's telling us truths with a hidden agenda behind it. Yeah. You know. So I had to say that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh Kobe. Um what do you think about the the situation with the uh the lawsuit? Do you think that has anything to do with uh with um the Kobe Bryant uh crash? No. 
No, you think it's just a red herring? I think uh I think it's it's uh it's much bigger than that. Um I think uh well I know for um those who've been around me for a while, I always explain that this time of year there's always ritual sacrifices that take place. The word February comes from the word February, which means festival of purification. And um, if you notice around this year, there's always the Grammys, the Super Bowl, um, the uh, All-Star game, the All-Star game, Valentine's. And then after that, we go into a period that the Jews call Purim. Mm-hmm. P-U-R-I-M, pure, right? And then what's happening is we're coming out of the winter months in the Festival of Purification, which when you get into Pisces, you're dealing with the death and rebirth of the sun. And mm-hmm. when we leave Pisces, we go into Aries. Mm-hmm. And Aries is the solar new year. So if you look at yourself and your human body and you look at what's taking place throughout the year, if you've ever seen that wheel with the sun and it's a man's body mm-hmm. and, and it's showing the, the, the different zodiacs traveling through the man's body, well, what's happening with, with the sun is that the sun is going through us throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So this is this is our esoteric connection as the microcosm and our cosmic connection to the macrocosm and the sun being important because the sun is solar. So the sun is connected to our soul It's connected to our well-being. So part of these sacrifices that are taking place, they are done to weigh on our soul and control how we feel it. Right. You understand? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um with this festival and this ritual that takes place every year, we come out of that festival of purification, and then what happens? We go into March madness. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. In March, March is Mars. Mars is an anagram for Rams because Aries takes place every year around March 21st. Mm-hmm. And this is what we call the spring. Uh oh, we're losing. All right. Uh, yeah, we're losing you again. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Uh, all right. So we, we're having technical difficulties. Once again, uh, I want to thank everybody who is here in our chat room. Uh, once again, uh, hopefully you are enjoying the program. Uh, all right. Uh, Dwayne. Yes. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, so we go into March and when we go into Aries, Aries is ruled by the head in medical astrology. Pisces is ruled by the feet. Mm-hmm. In astrotheology, Jesus is Pisces. That's why 
the symbol for Christianity is a fish or the Vesica Pisces, mm-hmm. right? And that's why in the Bible, Jesus is anointing the feet and he, he the woman took her hair and rub, rubs Jesus' feet and everything else because Pisces is ruled by the feet. Mm-hmm. So the sun is leaving our feet in the depth and rebirth stage and coming back to our crown. Aries. You know, and that's why it's March Madness, because Aries and Mars is both the gods of war in the Greek and Roman pantheon. Right. Because Mars is the, the, the red planet or the planet of war, you know. So um, what this is all about, Kobe's uh, sacrifice, whether he's dead or not, um, psychologically, it was about making us feel a certain type of way. You know, and then what what we must know about the Grammys and the Super Bowl is they are a part of the ritual all right, Whitney Houston, too. Remember that? Whitney Houston. And if you remember, see, I was going to get into that. But if you remember when they killed Whitney Houston, it was the Grammys was right after that, right? Right. And yeah, they were having it while, you know, while they had her body. I think, didn't they hold off her body? And it was yeah. upstairs in the hotel, right? Because they was doing a ritual to try to make Jennifer Hudson that embodiment of what with mm-hmm. you understand like they was trying to make Jennifer Hudson that big icon that Whitney once was right so that's why if you remember Clive Davis Clive Davis was Whitney's controller and he's Jennifer Hudson's controller as well uh Clive Davis said he did an interview with Jennifer Hudson on the day that Whitney died and he said um he said uh, the person that Jennifer Hudson reminded him the most of was Whitney Houston. I remember that. Yeah. You know, and if you remember, um, they had all of these people that was around. Um, Brandy and, and Ray J was around, you know, uh, and, and, and I'm saying that because in the whole Kobe thing, they were saying Rick Fox was on the, the helicopter like, this is all the stuff that they do when they connect certain people to these rituals for different reasons for, for these people's sake, you know. Um, but uh, during that Grammy performance, if you remember, that's when Nicki Minaj, right, came on the red carpet with the Pope. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. And she did she did a performance in which it was like a uh, scene from Poltergeist in which some sort of exorcism was taking place. It was somebody crawling on the walls and all sorts of stuff, right? I remember that. Okay. That was the whole spiritual connection that they was trying to show of uh the ritual in which they wanted Whitney's energy to transfer to Jennifer. That's crazy. You know, um, Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson sacrificed her whole family. Uh, that 
you know. So they like see people be looking up to these people and they be like loving these people and everything. Like pe- people gotta look at shit for what it is, man. Like that's why I don't, man. I done been rich. You know what I'm saying? I done been I done been a dope boy and then had a lot of money. I done had access to cars. I done had the the type of money where I could meet a woman and be like, hey girl, let's fly to Vegas tomorrow. So right. money don't mean nothing to me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't value the things that people value in this world. You know what I mean? So it allows me to be able to see through a lot of this stuff and be able to speak on it the way that I speak on it, you know. But um, with all of these people, man, you know, um, just look at what what happens and what take place around them. Um, the reason why I got to mention Nikki and the Pope is because Nikki calls one of her alter egos Roman. Roman, yes. Right. Where's where's the Vatican at? Rome. So that's why she showed up with the Pope and. The the ending of the ritual in Valentine's Day is about Romulus and the founding, what they say is the founding of Rome. Rome, right. Was it Remulus and Romulus? Romulus and Remus. They were Remus, supposed to right. right, they supposed to be the twins that was found on the Tiberis River and was nursed by a a, a she-wolf. Right, suckled, yeah. yeah. Suckled by a she-wolf. And what that is is an allegory about the Caucasians that was in the Caucasus Mountains that was actually having sex, practicing bestiality with dogs. That's what that's really all about. And what Valentine's Day is supposed to be about is the legend of some called Lupercalia and the war that took place between the Romans and the Sabians. And the Sabians was supposed to be a neighboring village in which the Romans went and took their wives and raped their wives and massacred the people in the village hmm. until the Sabians um, made a treaty with the Romans. You know, um, if you understand one of the principal powers in this evil, corrupt world that we live in, you have to acknowledge that the Vatican is at the forefront of it. Right. When you talk about the Vatican, you're talking about uh, pedophilia, child trafficking. You're talking about uh, the mafia, <laughs> you know, because Rome is in Italy and the mafia's birthplace is in Italy. Like people would be stupid to not believe that a movie like The Godfather doesn't have some validity to it. I'm actually explaining what the Godfather was showing when it was showing that Michael Corleone was dealing with the Pope. I'm actually explaining that in my next book. Um, but uh, all, of, all of this stuff that's being conveyed in these rituals is based on something tangible that we could look to. The problem is that we have to have been able to done the research and read enough to understand what's being conveyed and what's being shown. So I'll give you another example of what they call these Illuminati rituals. And I guess we could allow some people to come on and ask questions. But um, another example is Kobe Bryant's rape case. Mm-hmm. That What happened with Kobe in that rape case is what's called a humiliation ritual. Mm-hmm. 
So another person who just went through it is Meek Mill. So the whole deal with him losing um, to Drake in the battle, Nicki Minaj leaving him, and then him being thrown in jail was all a part of his humiliation ritual. Mm. All right. Um, when uh, they brought, uh, what's her name, Taylor Swift in, and Kanye ran up on stage and did what he did to her, that right. was her humiliation ritual. Right. You understand? So with the Kobe situation, that's what they did to Kobe. And that's why Kobe changed his number to 24. Two plus four is six. And that's what the Jews operate off of, the number six. Mm-hmm. Because the number six is the axis of time. And what they have done throughout the narrative of time, if they've been able to control the narrative of time by uh, laying hold to the number six. It's 24 hours in a day, two plus four is six. It's 60 seconds in a minute, six plus zero is six, 60 minutes in an hour, so on and so forth, right? So in understanding that, you go and they'll tell you that six million people died in their Holocaust, right? which was a lie. It was never no Holocaust. Adolf Hitler was a Jew. Holocaust means burnt offering. Mm. You know, Adolf Hitler is a Rothschild. His daddy, Alois Hitler, was the son of a Rothschild. You know, so the whole Nazi World War II, the Third Reich, the Holocaust, all that shit was propaganda, man. And what they was doing with Germany is Germany was the throughway from the communists being able to come into, into Europe and kill the European elite. That's what that shit was about. Because Stalin, in the Russian Revolution, Stalin was pissed off once he found out that Vladimir Lenin was half Jewish and that Karl Marx, the actual inventor of what became um, the literature that was used in communism, was half Jewish as well. So this was all propaganda. And the reason why the Russian Revolution is so important is because one of the biggest threats at that time to the stop of Zionism becoming the global force that it has become was um, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia, or what's called the Romanov dynasty. So when they killed him, that was a big deal, you know. And what happened was Stalin found out that Lenin was Jewish and they killed Lenin and they were going to come in through Germany, annihilate the Germans, and eventually get to the British monarchy because the word British is actually a Jewish word. It's berith and ish. The word berith is the Jewish uh, Hebrew word for covenant, and ish means man. So that's why the British flag is what's called the Union Jake flag or the Union Jack flag because the Union of Jack is the union of Jake. So hmm. Jack Jack and the Beanstalk is the same story of Jacob and his, his Israel or his ascension to God where 
he climbed up the spinal column and saw God in a face-to-face in a place called Peniel, which is the pineal gland. The beanstalk that Jack <clears throat> climbed was the spinal column to get to the giant. The giant is the third eye. Uh, you know, so... Go oh, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. All right, so um, just because um, we have to wrap up in like three okay. minutes. Um, uh, when What are some books that people should read that would help them get a better understanding of some of the things that you're talking about, like some reference points. Now I know you've written some books too. So don't, Hey, make sure you, uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to make sure you look, I had, I had it here. I'm just going to show y'all this. Right. So this is my last book that I wrote red pill alchemy. Can we beat the matrix? I had this here to show y'all how this is something that they have been planning for a while. When they was always showing this propaganda with Kobe and LeBron, Kobe and LeBron, Kobe and LeBron, um, I explained in this book that the planet sits on a 23.5 degree tilt or what's called the axis. And Kobe and LeBron was the axis from one generation to the next. That's why I knew the ritual that took place was about transferring this energy from Kobe to LeBron just like they did with Jennifer Hudson to Whitney Houston, the next great songstress, right? Mm. But both of these numbers are in between 23.5. And 23.5 plus 23.5 equals 47. And when you look at the compass in Freemasonry, that compass is open to 47 degrees because a lot of the people who are Freemasons, they worship a man named um pythagoras and he's the person who wrote something called euclid's 47th problem and it's based on geometry you know so um you know my book i'm i'm and i'm saying from the standpoint of me knowing what i put in the book and how it's written and how much it will help people um but there's many great books uh that touch on a lot of these things um and it it depends on what a person wants to read another real good book for people to check out would be a book called uh mind control world control by a man named jim key um that's a that's a really great book uh that will show people just how many lies and, and just how deep some of this stuff really is. Um, you know, depending on what they want to really get into, um, there's, there's so many different books. Um, another real good book that explains a lot of the stuff about uh, secret societies and things of that nature um, it's some books that was written by Dr. York called Leviathan 666. Um, a lot of what you heard the Wu-Tang Clan rap about, what you heard Prodigy from Mob Deep rapping about, what you heard Outkast and Goody Mob rapping about was coming from those books. Yeah, that's right. So, um, that's right. <clears throat> uh, 
you know, it's it's hard for me to just recommend one or two books because, bro, like when I when I get this information, man, I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. You know, right. so um, I always like to I always like to give people some training wheels to start out yeah, with, yeah. you know, and then uh, let them uh, get deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. You know, right. I, I find for myself that when people do it that way, right. it becomes a little easier for them to understand. Right. And I'll often uh, there's this there's this guy is this white cat named Freeman Fly, who's uh-huh. like a conspiracy guy, uh-huh. and um, one of his sayings is the world is a lot weirder than you realize. And right. uh, I always like that one as a uh, as a saying uh, because uh, that is that is definitely true. Um, how can we get you in so- social media and all that kind of good stuff? Um, just Dwayne Hendricks on Facebook, D-E-W-A-Y-N-E Hendricks, H-E-N-D-R-I-X. And um, my YouTube, my, you know, all my stuff is there on Facebook. All right. All right. Uh, You can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, the website is IndieRadio.org. We'll be back on um, Sunday night. We're going to be talking about uh, um, uh, Kobe, the Kobe, Gale, Susan Rice, Snoop Dogg situation again. uh, Part two of that with uh, Dr. Vibe. Uh, And the following day, we're going to be doing... uh, um, our piece on uh uh oh does uh black empowerment i'm sorry does christianity uh interfere with black empowerment part two this time we have the ladies on there so we're going to get their point of view on on that topic as well um it's always a pleasure brother to, to speak with you um if is there a, um um do you have anything where you can if somebody wants to donate to help uh do you take donations I haven't in the past, but for what I'm getting ready to do, um, I will be because I'm actually going to need funding to help do some documentaries that I'm getting ready to do. Do you plan on doing crowdfunding? Uh, Something of that. I haven't decided uh, on exactly how I'm going to do it yet. I'm, I'm a stickler for that type of stuff because of like all of these frauds and liars like Umar Johnson and people like that who defrauded the people of all of this money, you know, with these donation scams and everything that they've had set up. So I've been really hesitant to do something like that. But um, for what I'm getting ready to do, uh, you know, I want to be able to do some documentaries that are going to really take these teachings to the next level so that, you know, the people who don't like to read or won't sit down and read will be able to have something that will be comprehensive to help them to be able to understand some of the things that we need to collectively know. What what I'll do is as soon as you're, you're ready to put that out there, I'll help get the word out as okay. well as um, donate as well. So, cause it's very important, the work that you're doing and, you know, like, I mean, I'm like this, this is what I always say. We will go to Starbucks when we have a coffee maker at home. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We will we waste our money on a lot of stuff. And right. you know what? Once in a while, you know what? Maybe I won't have Starbucks for a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like this, you know, everybody's broke. You know, uh I, I was listening to somebody just the other day, they were saying, you know what, don't go to strip club this month. <laughs> you know, right. but right. donate, you know. So uh so uh we could definitely do that for each other, especially when we know people out there who's doing the good work. And, you know, they need support. And um, we know so many people who have books that have music out there that have do documentaries. And we always want to hook up. You know what I mean? Like we always be like, oh, man, well, I'm, that means I get a free copy. Right. We don't we don't be like we don't think like, you know what? This brother, the sister needs support financially Buy the book, even if you don't care, like. Even if it's if it's a children's book and you don't got no kids, just buy the book. Just buy. Take your broke, but uh, I mean you're not broke. <laughs> Let me right. say that. And buy the book. I got you know how many ebooks I've bought of stuff I ain't never read just to support people. Yeah, you know, you know that that and that's a huge problem that we got, bro. Like collectively, um, we support bullshit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Before we we will support real shit, and a large part of it, and that's why I'm very interested in coming back to to uh, contribute to the discussions about religion, right? Because right. a large part of it is about the fact that we have operated so long under these false constructs, and to me, religion is at the root of all of it. Because when you surrender the divinity within yourself, and you begin to accept a force or deity as your uh, spiritual makeup that is outside of you, then what happens is you are susceptible to now any false construct because the first construct that you're supposed to have is that alignment with what you deem to be God or the higher power or whatever your soul is connected to. You understand? So now everything after that can be easily null and void because you've already fucked up on the first step. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Makes so, it, makes it easy. It gets you yeah. lubricated for the you know what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, what ends up happening, like, I don't even like mentioning, you know, a lot of these people, but these people who are now out here who are quote unquote the voices of truth that people are identifying with who got these huge platforms and they ain't done half the work that myself and other good brothers like yourself and other people have done is because they have been propped up in a way to be able to have the platform to reach hundreds of thousands of people. Right. You understand? And they are being controlled and these are social programs that we have to realize, you know, that have always existed. That's why I went all the way back to Marcus Garvey so that brothers and sisters could understand how much energy, effort, and time they have invested to making sure your black ass don't know what's going on. Amen. Right. You know what I'm saying? And a big shout out in in the chat room, a good friend of mine, Gabe, uh, he goes by the name of Anima Technica. He's in the chat room. I uh um it's been a minute since uh me and him had a chance to chop it up so i'm glad yeah. that he came through but uh he, yeah 
But um, yeah, man, uh, I'm, I, I can't wait for our next conversation. Um, yeah. I definitely want to get into COINTELPRO, the Black Desk, as right. well as some of that, because I think that's the thing that I I find that a lot of a lot of black folks, they just don't know. They don't have a real understanding of history. They don't understand the links that they'll go to right. to uh, to do it. So um, I think it's very important to have like a real detailed conversation about about the history of it as well as to today, right. and, uh, and explain about sock puppets as well. Uh, you know, and that kind of thing. I mean, that stuff right. is real, man. Right. It, right, it's real on another level. Now. I'll say this. A lot of people get called agents. Yeah. They're not agents. They're just coons. They ain't under nobody. <laughs> you right, know. Right. They got people who are right. legit agents. Right. Too. Yeah. So, like, see, so. you got some people, you got some people who um, are learned people. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Like, Kanye West came out at one point in his career. He came out of the pyramid with the Hebrew chain on. He was mm-hmm. singing songs. He was saying references in his songs about he know about the pharaohs. He in tune with his soul. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like he was he was saying that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But people don't understand is that Kanye duped them from the beginning because he was already in the Freemasonry and all that shit when he made Jesus walks. Mm. You know, and people was really thinking from a standpoint of like he made a hip hop gospel song, but Kanye Ben knew what was going on. Right. You know, if you if you listen to him talk about his mama, his mama was a conscious person. His daddy was conscious. Way we talking about way back in the sixties, his his parents was already what we call woke. So, you know, everything that he has done in his career it's been a means of being able to polarize himself. Right. You understand? And it's it's so many other celebrities that do the same things. You know, just to because they when the ancestors taught on a premise that said to speak one's name makes them live again right and the esoteric uh wisdom behind this is that if you are a physical being you're also a spiritual being mm-hmm. so the spiritual kente is an energy in the universe mm-hmm. so if a million people are saying kente then what happens is that spiritual force in the universe becomes more powerful. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now if everybody is saying Kanye, 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 that force in the universe becomes more powerful. So mm-hmm. that's why he does so many things that are just controversial as hell. Right. Up there, in, up there in Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother man. I'm a, uh, uh, we're gonna close this show out. It was uh, awesome talking to you, and I and I uh, can't wait for our next conversation. Absolutely, all the hey. time.